We the best around. We designated straight as live every week. Designated homie, cause we stick the heat. We designated straight as Francis and Pete. Talking Yankee baseball, pepper for the streets. We designated, we innovative. We designated, spit is time, let you know. We designated, we innovative. We designated, spit is let's start the show. Here we are. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to your grandmother's favorite show, mainly because of Francis <laughs> Lee. So let's get right into that. There he is right there. Yes, Grandmothers sir. behold the yes, one and only Francis Lee. Yes, sir. Y'all already know it's your boy Francis Lee. So good to be back talking with you guys again. Um, yeah, man. Just happy. Happy to be here. Trade deadline on the way. Pete damn near losing his voice because he's just going to bat for y'all every single day. Kid, they're like, killing me. You guys are killing me. <laughs> I was like, R. Kelly, remember? You're killing me. You're killing me. They're trying to take my life, man. Take my life. You guys are killing me. Damn, Pete Kelly out here, man. Oh, Y'all shit, ready, don't man. do that. Nah, we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that, actually. You know, as soon, it's one of those in things. The name of love. As soon as it came out, I was like, mm, ah, that didn't feel right. It's like when you when you release the pitch too early as a pitcher, yeah, you just you know. know that shit's about to get hit a long yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, Pete man. Kelly was one of those. Pete Kelly was it. That was, <laughs> nah, ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. So, yeah, man. Francis, tough game today, but the Yanks went three or four, man. What are, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yes, sir. I mean, it, this, is, uh, this is something that does happen. I think the more important thing is, and it's crazy because like just before jumping on, I was like, yeah, we're going to discuss the series. But like, I think the main thing I want to discuss more than just this series mm-hmm. is just July in general. Right. Yeah. Looking at it after this loss, the Yankees will f- they finish 13 and 13 in July. So the Yankees, after having one of the hard, hottest starts that they've had in 20 some odd years, uh, they, they march into July uh, with the all star break and the deadline looming and proceed to go 500. Um, I'm not saying that because I'm trying to like raise red flags and like try to say it's time to push the button, hit the yeah, alarm, yeah. whatever. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like. This should be an eye opener. This should be an eye opener to the guys in the dugout. This should be the eye opener to the guy picking his nose. This should be an eye opener to the guys in the front office. Like, look, you guys are in the midst of a historic season mm-hmm. where you've done a lot of good things and there's still a lot of amazing things that are still 100% in play. But this team is this team does have weaknesses. This team does need to get better. And And when I say that, right – you have to look at games like today as like, you know, displays of look, Clay Holmes has been absolutely lights out. First Correct. home run he gave up this year was today, right? Yep. Three run shot to freaking Salvador Perez, who's a you know professional world-class hitter at the end of his career. But look, the fact that Clay Holmes is starting to look a little bit susceptible, a little bit, you know, you're starting to see some of the chinks in the armor in July. Maybe is maybe that's a wake-up call. Like, look, this guy's being been overused this season he's right. been thrust into this position and don't get me wrong he has risen to the occasion but he's not superman he's he needs help and with loasica going down when he did and having his struggles that was supposed to be his true running mate right but you lost you lost loasica we lost chad green at the beginning of the year and now we just lost michael king correct it's like <clears throat> there there are some serious holes and chapman starting to look halfway decent but it's like we know we can't turn the keys over to him. So it's like, look, 
that's a hole right there. You got yeah. You got to do something. You got to do something with that. Uh, I think July needs to serve as a wake up call. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying time to hit the red button. I'm saying it's time to wake up and let's pack it up. Let, let, let's uh, let's start getting ready because August is going to fly by. And before you know it, we're looking at the the, the race to, to October. Yeah, no doubt about it. And really quick before we move forward and <clears throat> discuss more of the series and then, of course, on to the, the big stories coming up, which is the deadline. Just real quickly, guys, we are live. So me and Francis are live. Look, we're here. We're actually, it's really us. We are live. Hi, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> one thing real quick, smash the like button. And two, um, super chats will be answered immediately. Those are probably the only ones that we're going to be able to look at because we're trying to run the show here. The only thing that is pre-recorded today at the end is the interview with Eli Fishman. I'm just giving you guys a heads up because I wouldn't want you to super chat then when it's not actually live but we are live right now so when you don't see us no more or just me and eli that part mm -hmm. is pre-recorded so we wouldn't be able to answer you on a super chat at the time but just fy disclaimer as i like to say but the royal mm. series was interesting man because really quickly too before we move on from this i want to talk about garrett cole a lot of people were upset with me, um, even on Game Season Live, that they felt like I was not necessarily overreacting, but I wasn't putting enough blame on IKF making errors and then a tough play at first base two for Rizzo. Here was my 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 um my issue, my my what really grinded my gears, so to say. <laughs> the ace has to step up. The ace can't just see his infield make an error, and then he just shits the bed. I mean, yeah. even if you take away the two hits that were errors, he still gave up three hits, including the three-run jack shot mm -hmm. in that inning. So it wasn't like bloop singles after it, and you kind of feel bad. Garrett Cole got beat up at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, I, maybe you want to speak on it a little bit. All I simply want to say is, again, the Yankees need a number two behind Garrett Cole because I really believe this is a guy who needs to bounce off of somebody else. I, I, I think he had Verlander in, in yep. Houston, and it worked great. <clears throat> And I think he needs somebody else with him. It's a phenomenal point. You're not, you're, you're like a hundred percent spot on with that. And I want to echo that sentiment. Um, a lot of people will, you know, talk up, you know, Cole's trade to Houston from the pirates as being, you know, mostly like you're just giving most of the credit to Brent strong, which I'm not going to mm -hmm. argue with you there. We, right. we know strong is a genius. Yeah. What he, what he did with that pitching staff, what he did with so many different arms coming up and whatever. It, his genius just we don't need to go into that we know what that is but the point that gets lost in the sauce the point that constantly gets overlooked is the fact that Garrett Cole got there and immediately was put into a two-man race for the Cy Young with a pitcher sitting in the same fucking dugout as him half the time yep. in Justin Verlander and I think Garrett Cole is a very competitive pitcher he is a very competitive, and he thrives off competition. He thrives off of that, that moment. That's why he said pressure is a privilege. When he yeah. said that, it wasn't just fodder. He really believes that. Yeah. And, though, and though his performance here in, the, in New York has been, you know, uh, maybe, you know, leaves a little to be desired, the one thing that I know is still true about him is that he cares about as much as we do, right? He needs that competition, though. He needs that push. And as, as the fact of the matter is, even with the way Nestor started off the season, Garrett Cole knows in his heart of hearts that Nestor Cortez is not on the same level as him. Correct. He knows that as good as Severino is and the potential that Sevy has, Sevy is not on the same level as him. When you're talking about Garrett Cole, like there's a handful of people that 
are on that level right yeah. now. Like, right. I think you'd be really hard pressed to name 10, more than 10 you're not naming who would actually push him to that point mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Luis Castillo was one of those guys, right? But he's already off the board. Now you look at it and you say, well, who's it going to be like? Who's going to be that guy that you bring here that really starts pushing Garrett in terms of like, wow, this guy's going out there. He's showing up. He's starting to look like the ace of this team. And I'm the one getting paid $36 million to be that, mm -hmm. right? So I think that point that you made uh, definitely doesn't get enough attention. It definitely gets lost when, when you talk about Garrett's success in Houston. Obviously, people are going to throw spider attack. I'm, I don't, I'm not looking at the chat, right. but I'm we, sure we walk it's by. coming. We, we've passed that up too, by yeah. the way, both of us. Because I know I said that was a concern. That's not yeah. really a concern for me anymore. At this uh, point, no. When it comes to Cole, no, it's not. I, I, well, I look, mean, Pete, look at what you just said. The game, this game against Kansas City. Yeah. Did, did he blow up and give up five five runs because of not the lack of spider attack? Or was no. it just a guy, a pitcher unraveling after my, his team let him down a little? My thing for Cole is what me and you have both said. And I think anybody with, with, a, with a fair mind and a good observation judgment on anything would tell you Cole gets in his own mind. I think this has always been known about Garrett Cole. And look, you know what that usually means? That just means he cares to be the best. And he mm -hmm. really wants to be good. And he's just one of these guys that don't necessarily get out of his own mind too easily and kind of tunnel tunnel vision. He kind of gets a little crazy when he when he gets in his mind because you can see it. Even the era, you know, his shoulders went down, his body language changed. He misses a pitch and he does this all the time. <sighs> yeah. And it's weird. It's like, bro, just stomp around the mound too. Like go full 12-year-old girl on us. Why not? Yeah, I mean, just, just do it. Start stomping right. around and screaming. Um, but he gets in his own mind and then these these situations happen. But yeah. My my thing is about that whole situation. Look, um, nobody's gonna sit here and say that Isaiah Kinefalefa is some unbelievable defensive shortstop because he hasn't been. He's been terrible. He's been a terrible shortstop for the Yankees. I don't think anybody could deny that. At least defensively, he's kind of done what you expected or what you thought would be the best case scenario, in my opinion, as an offensive talent. But you know, he hasn't been there defensively, and I'm I'm just. But I'm also not gonna beat the shit out of him. When your ace completely shits the bed and everybody goes, well, he would have been out of the inning. Come on, man. He could have got out of the fucking inning, though. But, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, okay, you can, when people bring that argument, it's like, all right, that that's that, if you want to use that argument today, okay. But then what's the story when Devers comes here and completely owns him? What's the story when uh, Vladdy Jr. comes here and completely owns him? You're going to blame right. the defense behind him then? Exactly. Again, I, and I'm not. I'm not nitpicking. I'm not going to go into the full-on Garrett Cole rant because y'all already got that. Y'all know where I'm at. But I meant it. I meant what I said at the end of that rant. Like, look, I'm I'm done. Like, I'm I'm done. Like, it's not. I'm not just. I'm not just gonna shill for him. I'm not just gonna, you know, be at the front of the train and say, no, guys, let's go. I was that guy from the moment we signed him up until that game season live. I was that guy. But that was the last straw for My me. man went that on a three-inning rant, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. And three-inning commercial three breaks, <laughs> all of that, bro. Like, it was... Brad because... still talks about that sometimes in the chat. He's like, oh, Pete about to do a three-inning, extra-inning rant here. <laughs> I'm telling you, I couldn't. And again, I'm. but like I said, man, I meant what I said at the end of that. I, it, I'm at the point where it's like, look, Garrett, you're, you're on the team, obviously. I support you because I support even the guys on the team who I don't like yeah. because you're a Yankee yep. and I want the Yankees to win at the end of the day. But yeah, he's going to have to really show something to me. And I was the last person who was saying that, like mm -hmm. Pete will tell you, man, we had, we had good debates in our chat 
right, early on offseason, right, we had good debates in our yeah. chat about whether or not Garrett Cole had to prove stuff or whatever. And I was one of the only guys like, nah, I don't think he had. I don't think he had. I don't think, you know, I was like, I was really, I was going to bat for him. But yeah, at this point in the season, it's like, nah, man, look, um, nah, I was wrong. He, he, he has not proven. He has not done it. He has not done it. And some will say that's not true. You look at the numbers, the peripherals, his FIP, his XERA, his SIERA. It's like, yeah, all that stuff is good. But it's like, bro, um, I need you to I need you to beat I need you to beat teams like the Blue Jays. I need you to beat the Red Sox. I definitely need you to beat the fucking Kansas City Royals, you know? It's, so I mean, yeah, this series was just the series was just more of for me, like I said in the beginning, bro, at the top of this uh live. To me, it's, it's an eye opener. It's an eye opener. Yeah. If you're Brian Cashman, I don't know how you I don't know how you sit on your hands, right? I understand, right? And we're gonna get into that. So actually, I'll skip that point. But I, if you're Brian Cashman, I don't know how you can sit on your hands at this point, yeah. looking at the team as currently constructed. It's like, look, yeah, this this has the opportunity to be something special, but you need to press a couple of buttons to make sure that that happens. Yeah. It's not just gonna happen because you want it to. I agree. And I would say just the I mean you segment you segmented basically right into it. Um I would say for Garrett Cole, as as just to rephrase basically what we were talking about here is Garrett Cole needing potentially somebody else with him. And at the end of the day, forget just with him, the Yankees need it. It makes sense to get somebody else behind Cole as a strong one two punch. There's three guys there was three guys on the board. Castillo's gone. So we're gonna talk about Castillo a little bit, but there's two more guys, in my opinion, France, you might have somebody else. These are the only guys I really feel like would be a great pair with Cole one-two punch. That is, of course, Frankie Montas that we already know about. And then the other one we're hearing a lot about recently is Carlos Rodon, who if somebody came to me right now and says, you get one of these two guys, I'm going Rodon. And you might be on a different level than me on that one. Mm. I want this frigging guy. I, I really want Rodon. And I, by the way, I did not want him in the offseason. But I want him now uh, in the situation where we are. He's proven he's healthy. I don't give a poot if he opts out. I don't care. I just want a legitimate one-two punch with Garrett Cole. And I love the lefty-righty matchup. Montas is great. And I know people are going to say, well, Pete, that makes no sense because Rodon's always injured. Montas is just coming off an injury. He's pitched only eight innings since then. And that's a shoulder injury. Yep. So there is a little concern. But he's also going to cost more than Rodon's going to cost. Mm -hmm. And I know that's something the Yankees really look into. They're worried about what they're going to give up. Before you jump into that, I got to ask you about something too. The deal went down. Uh, Castillo goes to the Mariners. Mm -hmm. The Yankees did not do the deal because they would not have traded Anthony Volpe in that type of deal. Give me your opinion of that. Um, My opinion. Let me see what you're. Let me just clarify. I try to clarify what you're. My opinion on do I do I agree with the Yankees not doing it? You will not make it. They, well, the reported move was basically walked away because of Opie. Walked what, away. What's, do your, I, so what's your yeah? What's your opinion? My on opinion that? on yeah. the Yankees walking away yes. because of Opie. Um, honestly, uh, bullshit. My mm. opinion is that it's bullshit. I'll tell you why. Um. Listen, I understand. I understand what Anthony Volpe means in terms of prospect capital for right. the New York Yankees. I get it, um, but I've been saying it since the off season, right? Yep. As much as I love the potential, as much as I believe um, in Anthony Volpe, because I do, I do. Um, I also believe that if he's not somebody, he's going to contribute 
right now, and judging by the way the Yankees have have timetabled their prospects, he's not, then we need guys who are going to do just that. Now, Volpe, on top of that point that I just made, also happens to be at a position where the Yankees are insanely deep in terms of our our farm. Like, insanely deep. Peraza hit another home run today. Okay, like... You know what I'm saying? And I think it, he's tra- hitting July. What was still in July, so today counted. He's mm-hmm. hitting over 320 in July. Yeah, I mean, right now, and again, like you know, just people out there who are going to kill me for this or whatever. But right now, looking at Volpe and looking at Peraza or whatever, Peraza is the one who looks that much more like enticing to me as a Yankee fan. Now, people are going to say, but but Volpe's the one who projects to be much better and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, true, I understand that. But as a Yankees fan. The one who's more enticing to me is Peraza. Why? Because he's closer. Yeah, he's, right he's much he could closer. He could be called up right now. Exactly. No he's it. he's the one who could be called up tomorrow, and that shit might actually work. I mean, honestly, instead of saying might actually work, I, I'm i on the belief now that that shit would actually work. IKF needs to fucking go. But yeah. Volpe is, is still some time away, and I get it. And I just feel like, look, if you did trade Volpe in a deal like, like that for Luis Castillo, is it going to hurt? Would it have hurt? Of course it would. Of course it would. But a deal for Luis Castillo was always going to hurt. Mm-hmm. It was always going to hurt. And I think that's an understanding that uh, Seattle had that we didn't necessarily have. Seattle is not even the, is not even half the contender, quote unquote, that the Yankees have been this right. season. Right. And they went and made that deal and, took, and gave their number one guy away, right, in Noel V. Marte. And they don't have like another baby version of Noel V. Marte in their farm, like we do with Peraza. Because we're the right? greatest, like, we're the best at international free agents. And luckily, now that they didn't come up to a draft, we have still time to still exactly. add way more guys because we got the moolah. Exactly. But on, on top of that, Pete, it's just like when you think about it, okay, say, close your eyes for a second and imagine they did trade Volpe away in that deal, right? Yep. And then you wake up this morning and your top shortstop prospect is Oswald Peraza. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be that upset. Like, how bad does it hurt you, Pete? Like, how bad does it? Yeah. Oh, Anthony Volpe, he's gone. He's going to be a red. Yeah, I get it. But look at Peraza. Trey Sweeney's still here. Roger Arias, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface with this one. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. So, I honestly, that's that's how I felt. I, I'm telling you, I've told a lot of people. Initially, my thought when I saw it go through, I looked at the return for for the Reds. And I was like, God damn. I think, uh, I think Kroll is the GM over there. I was just like, hats off to him like that's he did amazing like that's exactly what you should have gotten for Luis Castillo I was like great job he did I was like Seattle yeah I was like Seattle overpaid but then the more Pete the the more I sat with it right two days have gone by and I sit here today looking at our upcoming schedule and realizing that on Tuesday we have to face Luis Castillo as a Mariner with Garrett Cole on the mound I'm like huh how do I still feel the same way? Like yeah. Seattle overpaid on Friday. And honestly, no. Today, I don't feel that way. Today, I feel like, no, they did what had to be done to get the picture that they needed. Yep. And now they're one, two, three going into October is very fucking formidable. Oh, and dare exactly... I say, way better than what our one, two, three looks like right now. Well, that's a the, the great point of all this. And, and, you know, this is where I think people get very, very confused about Major League Baseball. The Mariners went out there and all they did was improve their major league club for the next couple of years. And people are sitting there with their arms in the air going, oh my God, overpay, overpay. 
<laughs> but here's the thing, everybody. Major league teams want to win at the major league level. They don't really care about winning at the minor league level. Now, it's mm-hmm. good for the guys if they do it, but they want to win at the major league level. So what I'm, tra- what I'm simply saying here is for the people screaming that the Mariners gave away too much, I'm pretty sure the Mariners would tell you right now, no, we didn't. You want to know why we didn't? We got Robbie Ray, Castillo, Logan Gilbert, and Gonzalez. Four guys in that rotation. And they probably got another guy that I didn't even mention. But look at that top three. That is a filthy top three that that will now compare against everybody. And yes, Robbie Ray got roughed up his last start. But before that, I think he had 10 starts in a row where he was pitching to a one-something ERA. Robbie Ray is going to be fine. He's back to what he was last year, basically. Exactly. What he's got back to. So this idea that... And by the way, guys, I, I, I've said it multiple times. I am all for the Yankees simply saying, you know what? This is the guy we want to keep. This is the guy we want to go. I'm okay with that. But you got to do this then. You got to trade the other fucking guys then. You can't yeah. sit there and just be like, we're going to keep everybody. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And Where are they me, all going to play? Where yes. are they all going to play? Even? And I'm going to be asked that. And guys, really quickly too, we almost got 140 people in here and only 38 likes. So please smash that like button for us. Let's get to like 50, 60, 70 likes. It only helps the channel out. We appreciate it. Where are they going to put all of these guys? And on top of that, this is another thing. The Yankees got a lot of good talent at the minor league levels already in the lower levels. They also have, they're also the best at international free agents. They do a tremendous job of getting the best guys because they got the shkarol. That's how they do it. <laughs> got the money, they go do it, right? So, again, when it comes to we want to hold on to Volpe, okay, all right, whatever. But this team should have been out there already getting somebody else. But every single year this happens now. We were sitting back and saying, damn, they missed out. Damn, they missed out. Damn, they missed mm-hmm. out. Damn, they missed out. Man, where's Cashman? Oh, he missed out. <laughs> and then they come back and do what? But we got Blackburn and Quintana. You're not fucking winning with them. <laughs> You're not winning with them. You are not winning with that type of arm. I talked about it during game season. That's not the arms you're going to go win with. You want Jamison Tyone pitch a game three? I mean, come on. Like, you guys got to think about this stuff right now. The Yankees have been desperate for a one-two punch. All offseason, I kept saying, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray. You know why? I even said it. He could have a four ERA, but who gives a fuck because he could strike 10 guys out in one game. And mm-hmm. him and Cole together could have 500 strikeouts in a season. It's possible. So the thing yep. that ball, that continues to bother me is when are we going to move guys? If you want to sit there and go, look, if the Yankees had a meeting and they all came out of it saying, you know what? I don't care. Unless it's for a Soto and it's organizational changing type of move. We are not going to move Anthony Volpe. His projection is that next year at some point he'll be up. I would sit back and go, you know what? I respect that. That's okay. I respect mm-hmm. that because that's the guys you want to move. But you guys got to fucking trade these other guys then. You can't keep... I mean, look. A prime example. What the fuck are they doing to Estevan Floriel? Are they just making a kid age in AAA until he dies? Another until lead he, until home run done? today, by the way. <laughs> I mean, his numbers are spectacular. And guys, stay tuned for the Eli interview because Eli talks so high about him. Mm. And he said he's tired of hearing people say, well, he doesn't do it in the majors. 40 at-bats. You want him to go up there and, and do it? What do you want him to do with 40 at-bats? Prove to you yeah. that he's an all-star? 
Yeah, he's supposed to be like in 40 at bats, he's supposed to have the judge numbers, apparently. I mean, him and Andahar's out there begging for it. Andahar's begging, like, guys, can you please play me? Can somebody play me somewhere? Just tr trade me trade at least. Me. I got a left field glove. I didn't bitch and moan. I went out there and learned left field and I done it good. Let me play somewhere. I'm heading 320 in AAA. Mm -hmm. But they, that's my issue. Not that you want to keep your best guy. Cool. Yeah. But you and I gotta wanna... move other guys for pieces to win 28. That's simple. Yeah. And Tyler, Tyler, uh, Tyler put something in the chat and said that looking at the return that uh, uh, Cincinnati got for Castillo, I think I think the point that he was trying to make is that for us that would have been like trading Volpe and Peraza. And what I would say to you is, no, that's that's not true. Uh, while Noel V. Marte was a top one of their top prospect in the system and also a shortstop and one of the top prospects as a shortstop, um, Marte was not ahead of Volpe in terms of top shortstop prospects. Volpe came right. into the season being the number one yeah. shortstop prospect. And by the way, he probably will be the number one prospect at the end of the season. Exactly. And Overall. then it, and, and, and the guys close to him were C.J. Abrams, uh, Marcelo Meyer, like guys like that. Whatever. Now, yes, Marte was top 10 shortstop prospects, but if you put Volpe as the headline of that, pro that, that prospect call, you're not going to add Peraza to that when Volpe was the, is the number one shortstop prospect. Yeah. On top of that, the second guy that they added was uh, Edwin Arroyo, who's another shortstop prospect. And maybe that's why Tyler was saying it, because then I get it. Right, because they they sent two shortstop prospects over, so it's like, oh, it would have been Volpe and Peraza. Yeah, nah. but they're not. Yeah, they're not necessarily comparable. No, 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 they're not comparable at all. Right, Edwin right. Arroyo is much more comparable to like Roderick Arias. If you're yeah, looking yeah, at that, Arroyo's right. like Arroyo's still 18 years old. He's yeah. he's playing in A ball right now. Peraza is in freaking Triple A killing shit. Like it's not it's it. It's not the same. It's yeah. It's not I, the same. I don't. I don't think people um talk about that enough. Is that Peraza, per, I've I've said this. I actually the only time I've ever talked to Oswald Peraza, um, it was actually through um mess messages on whatever the DMs on IG, mm -hmm. um, and I said that I was like uh, I just want to say I think you are the most underrated prospect the Yankees have, and it's amazing mm -hmm. to say that because he's ranked number two right behind Anthony Volpe. Yeah, but this guy is doing it. There is no other level besides the major leagues above where he's at, and he's doing it. People exactly. got to look at his numbers and remember one thing. He is also ranked as the best defensive player, not just shortstop, the best yeah. defensive player in the Yankees minor league system. Baseball America said that countless times. Yep. He also goes gap to gap. He hits homers. He hits for power. He hits for average. He steals. He's very fast. Oh, yeah. This guy is extremely toolsy. Extremely toolsy. So a lot of people kind of just say, well, Anthony Volpe, because, you know, what I hear, he's better. So fuck this guy. That's not necessarily <laughs> the case. No. And stay tuned because a lot of that conversation I actually do have with Eli Fishman, too, who goes into, yeah. goes into really good detail about both of those guys. And one of the things that we agreed with is how great their mental makeup is because they started so slow and they didn't fall over. They kept playing and they played through it. And we got our first super chat from Big Sexy Yankee. He says, we don't get a good SP Tuesday. Our season is done. Francis, what yeah. do you uh, what do you think about that, man? And matter of fact, Francis, go into it, man. What do you uh, what do you think? What do you foresee the Yankees doing? Yeah. Uh, in response to you, big sexy Yankee, I gotta say, I think that they could get a good starting pitcher Tuesday, and if that's the only thing that they do, 
at the end of the deadline Tuesday, I still think the season doesn't go as far as we want it to because there's still more holes than that. Like I, I just spoke about the bullpen and I get it. You know, yeah, the, the people are expecting for some guys to come back and mm. some guys to get better. And to, but you, I don't think you can bank on that. I think you need to go get an arm outside of just the starting pitching arm that you need. Um, because at the end of the day, yes, you can go out there and get a Carlos Rodon or you can go out there and mm. get a Frankie Montes. And okay, you're like, yeah, we got a nice trident to start what games one and two of the series. But yeah. we also know that Cole is susceptible to a blow up. And we also know that anything can happen in the playoffs. And well, if Cole does get shelled and you got to pull Cole after two and two thirds inning, then who do you go to in game one to keep it close right. and give your team a chance to right. win the game that your $36 million ace started? Mm -hmm. Because you can start saying, all right, we're going to start the merry-go-round. We're going to bring in our high leverage relievers. Okay, that's great and everything. And then say, yeah, we come back and maybe we do get the lead and then you get Holmes in there and you walk away with a with a slim victory, right? Like got a four to right. three or something like that. But then game two comes and you got big Frankie on the mound and you got Carlos on the mound and it looks good. And then they, they pitch a gem. But then after them, who do you have to come in and secure that game? Yeah. If you had to go use the high leverage ones because of a short outing in game one. And then when say those two games get out of the way, well, then what are you looking at game three or four? Because you used your high leverage ones from game one right. and you don't got a lot to bounce off. Right. So, again, I'm just saying you just need another guy. I think David, I think Dave Robertson makes so much sense. Too He's much. been here. He's been here before. Yeah. He has experience in this division. He is a veteran. He's unflappable. You can pitch him in any inning. It's it, There's not an inning that he's not comfortable in. He's done it all. He's yep. seen it all. Like, I, I don't, like, I, I know there's a lot of teams in on it or whatever, but I really don't know, like, what's at this point taking so long right. for Cashman to pull the trigger other than Cashman being Cashman and saying, like, we, we've, we've set a price for him and we're not going to go over that. Correct. And we don't care. Like, that's it. And it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess that that stubbornness is looked at, you know, positively most times in terms of business. But in a situation like this, bro, I don't know. We got some other super chats. So before I get to what we're doing, I don't know if you want to hit those super chats because they started coming in. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, Met Suck says, why do I feel like the Yankees won't do anything? Um, I could probably answer that pretty quickly for I think it's because they've done it in the past and they haven't done anything. Now, last deadline, I'm not going to knock Brian Cashman at all. I think he did a hell of a job. Um, oh, yeah. But... You know, Brian Cashman has his ways sometimes of shocking you or, you know, making you very upset. We got another one right here. Johnny Almonte, my guy, says, what's your guys' prediction for Tuesday? I mean, I could be quick with it, to be honest. Here's my prediction because I don't have high value. I think the Yankees get Jose Quintana and maybe a relief pitcher, and that is it. That is my prediction. I hope they got him wrong. And the reason I'm saying that, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, because I do think Montas, after Castillo, they're going to look for a big offer. And I don't know if Brian Cashman goes there. And I hear that the Cardinals are making a very strong push. And they got a very good system themselves. So I am going to say it's either a back-end starter, a Quintana or a um, Quintana or Blackburn is what the Yankees end up doing, a relief pitcher. In reality, I will love... I will love Rodon and Jock Peterson or Rodon alone and, Jose and Contreras. And I will keep Seve in the bullpen. That is it. I don't let him start no more. He's a bullpen guy, helps out at the end of inning, fire starter guy, puts out fires. You got to worry about his arm. You got to worry about how many innings he needs, reset him for next year, try to win the World Series with him. Yeah. Honestly, uh, yeah, I I don't, as much as I want them to, to pull the trigger, 
Um, out of out of out of Rodon and Frankie Montes, the reason that out of the two of them, I'd I'd rather Montes. I'd say that it's a slim thing though. Like it's not like Montes to me is like head and shoulders the guy over Rodon. I just right. think. Like I, I look at the two of them, the guy who I like a little better is Montes. But if it's Rodon, I'm pretty much just as happy as I would be if it was Montes. Right. And I wouldn't be um, upset with Montes either at all. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I, I just I, my my concern there is the team's the interested recent. in him, and then the mm-hmm. Yankees after Castillo because exactly. now Oakland likes our prospect. I think Oakland's also sitting back, going, "Somebody's gonna give it to us." You know what I mean? Somebody's yeah. gonna give it to us. So. I mean, that's the thing. After and I think that was the key word there. After Castillo is huge. Yeah. That's why that's why Castillo probably should have been the deal that you go and make. Because after Castillo, you can pretty much close the book on on all those dream scenarios right now. Like yeah. the Sotos, the Otani. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Pablo Imagine Lopez. they fucking get Otani though out of nowhere. That's a Cashman type move. That is a Cashman type move. It um, really is. Like I'm talking about, I'm gonna, they get rid of Volpe, all like top five guys. That that's a Cashman type move for real. That would really. I'll tell you that right now. If the Yankees did go and fucking do something like that, like right there, it's like yeah, build the fucking statue, build him the fucking statue. Because I'm, I'm because, telling you, like that's one that keeps popping the back of my head, and I'm like. That's some shit I can actually see Cashman shocking the fucking world. Exactly. With. And the reason that the reason that that doesn't seem as outlandish to me is because when the whole Otani sweepstakes opened, like it the, it was very public and clear how much the Yankees were in love with him. Yeah. They really wanted him. Yep. And and it was and you saw that they were disheartened by the fact that he said he was staying on the West Coast and he wanted to whatever. Like, that, it was open. Like, it was yeah. really open. I remember vividly Brian Cashman speaking after Otani does, you know, sign and stay, go with the Angels and him being asked the question, like, oh, like, how do you feel about the Otani sweepstakes and how that all played out or whatever? And him actually, like, kind of being honest about the fact yeah, he that about he it. was upset yeah, about he was, it. Like, definitely. He really wanted, he really wanted him. And right. I mean, granted, like, I'm not saying like it was it was like it was that hard to see, you know, what the possibilities were there. It was it was Otani was kind of a no brainer. Like, right. Even if even if he didn't pan out, like the ticket sales and everything were going to be crazy because of the fact that everybody knew this kid was coming over here to to hit and pitch. Kind of like signing Judge. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like fucking side of judge. Like, you might just want to go through. Anthony! 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 He just had to throw that in there. I'm telling you, man. I'm like, you kind of sound like you're describing judge right now. I mean, go fucking side nah, of the guy already. Look, I I mean, listen, as interesting as it sounds, right? I'm I'm happy you bring up judge because that's another reason why, again, the Otani thing doesn't seem so outlandish to me because one the Yankees, like I like I just outlined. One, we know that the interest is there and very real, right? Yep. The Yankees love Shohei Otani. That's Correct. one. Correct. Two, the interest has to be even higher now because he's become one of the most marketable players and a face of this league Easy. playing for the Angels, yep. right? So just put that in pinstripes and just fucking imagine the absolute chaos that would ensue in new york like i remember seeing entire sections of yankee stadium full of japanese fans we had matsui Matsui, yep yep this would be a whole different i remember for hiroki kuroda yeah i mean yeah i are being honest right yeah so just imagine what that would look like with this guy um that's two three you get otani uh 
you get you knock off two huge birds Correct. with one stone. Exactly. You get exactly. a ridiculous, a ridiculous lefty bat with pop on that side of the plate who can hit the ball 450, yeah. 500 feet easy with, with ease. All and right? oh, by the way, everywhere. Not That's even, not even just right. Park. He's like, he's yeah, like no, no, Soto no. in that regard. He'll hit it out anywhere. Exactly, all over the park. But then <laughs> he can slot it right behind Cole yep. and throw a hundred miles an hour and strike out eleven. You know, without batting. I'm eye. more impressed by how good of a pitcher he's become than a hitter. Because yeah, it's not I, easy. I, you know what I mean? And yeah. he the is pitching shocked thing is, we... the pitching thing is is bigger to me because I mean we got a lot of guys who hit home runs in the right. league, but. How many guys can pitch like Correct. that today, right? We got two super chats here. Uh, Raw Thompson, the Family. legendary Raw Thompson, says, My issue with Hal and Cashman is that the talent evaluators that were overseeing the Yankees' development in the 90s is not the same that it is now. Hal has no clue on how to evaluate talent, period. Next mm. super chat we have here is Cash smoking something, asking the moon for Gallo. That's big, sexy Yankee says that. But getting back to, <laughs> to very true. I mean, who, you know, you know, Brian Cash is out there asking for a lot for Gallo. Um, going back to Mind what Ross you, said, I, I would just get my relief pitcher for Gallo. That's what I'm but, saying. I, I was saying that today on on the on game season. I would just get a relief pitcher for him or mm. something that maybe Blake sees and could work with. Mm -hmm. um, did I miss that? Oh no, that was Johnny's. We got that one. Um, but going back to Ross thing, I, you know, it's the whole analytic thing coming into play again and that they're looking at things a little differently. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have an issue again. Just going back to what I said is if, you know, the Yankees kind of sat back and said, you know what, Volpe's our guy. Cool, but you got to move these other guys. You can't have all of them playing the same team. It's never going to work that way. It's not how it works. And you got to make up, you know, who is going to be really the guys going forward. But... My predictions are what I said my predictions are. I am going to allow myself to be shocked. Or I'm going to prepare myself for the worst. And sit here and look at everybody and go, well, guys, you know. The sad thing is, too, I'm going to be rooting on the Yankees to win the World Series no matter what. You know, and I, I'm, even, that, even we if are, we're man. concerned and we're like, shit, man, who the fuck are we beating with Paul Blackburn? I mean, are you out of your stinking <laughs> mind? My man tops out at 91, 92. He... He's no K guy. I'm sorry. I need two K guys to lead us off. I need yeah. two guys. Another guy, actually. Say um, one thing, Blackburn. But 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 would you? Let me ask you this really quickly. I'm sorry. I just popped my no. Please. But would you? Would you be opposed for for him like as the game three pitcher though? I wouldn't be opposed to Blackburn, but you gotta get somebody else, and it, it can't be Quintana. I need, no, no, no. I need exactly. Somebody else, top end but guy. Say they got. Say they went out and snatched Rod Rodon, and then like oh, I'd just be right, right towards the end, said, "Oh yeah, we got Blackburn too." I'd be ecstatic with that because it's more pitching that we need. I'd be mm -hmm. ecstatic. I even said it. I said it. I said it earlier. I said, even if they got Rodon, they come back. Yeah, we got Quintana too. Okay, cool, mm -hmm. cool. Let's go. Let's roll. Mm -hmm. Um, but somebody just brought this up, and we were actually talking about during game season. If I'm Cashman. I wouldn't mind trying to see if you can kind of sneak away Brandon Drury while he's hot to play third base mm -hmm. because this friggin' dude, Boy. Donaldson's done, man. You know he likes you, Drury. And you you can't play Donaldson that much anymore. You just can't. Oh, Pete, so I don't I know if that's a possibility, it. but you never know. You never know. I said it. I said it when I said it. As soon as that shit happened with that series in the White Sox, I, I was like, they neutered him. Yep. It's over. You did. You said it. You did <laughs> they say neutered it. Him. I said they <laughs> neutered did. him. And it's done. You can't. There, there is no. There is. There's, there's no Josh Donaldson 
without right. without balls. There, yeah. It just doesn't happen. I'm sorry. And this and is a new world him. record. I got to say this real quick. We got almost 200 people in here on a live podcast. So thank you guys Let's so much. Fucking You're fucking go. awesome, man. That's fucking That is go. definitely Clap a new record That's for, for a live guys. podcast. No doubt about it. And by the way, guys, too, if you want to help us even more, get 100 likes. We're at 66 likes. Hit it to 100. And trust me when I tell you, you don't want to miss the Eli Fishman interview. It's coming up shortly. Oh, yeah. You don't want to miss that. Um, Look, <clears throat> I, I'm telling you, I just... I said it back then, and it, and it and it hasn't hasn't changed. He looks. I think he's two for his last twenty something right now. It's yep. it, it's bad. His the at bats are non competitive. The pitch selection is abysmal. He just and then his 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 body language, his the way he he just he doesn't look like himself. He, like we, and it's like, bro, it it's the most Yankee fucking thing ever to trade for this guy with fifty million dollars left on the contract and to fuck him up like halfway through the beginning of the first year. Yep. Because we're not done with him. Nope. <laughs> he has another year. Yes. And it's 25 million that's just right there. And it's like, yep, you're going to have to deal with that. Imagine Judge walking away and still having Donaldson on the fucking roster next year. <laughs> like, imagine oh, that. Like, God, imagine please. that. Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm just... Yeah, so... That's I my love biggest that you, gripe. I love that's that my biggest gripe with Brian Cashin, to be honest. And, mm. uh... Thank you to my beautiful, lovely, wonderful fiance for putting Francis's Twitter handle um, in the chat. So just click that link and please go follow Francis on Twitter. I also um, wanted to say thank you that you put it. You, I see it's under the box now. I mean, we just we're killing it, man. We just we this doing shit our, we is doing just thing, man. Um, that's the thing that balls me about Brian Cashman. I got I gotta keep it real here, man. Joke Donaldson. <laughs> Joke Donaldson. That's the best thing in the world. That should be his name. <laughs> the thing that balls me about Brian Cashman is. Most other GMs would be like, damn, this did not work. Uh, how can mm. I How can I even go to Steinbrenner and go, look, I'm going to move this guy, but we have to eat half of that salary. It's a fucked up thing on my end, but we're going to try to move him with a prospect. We're, you know, Next year, another team will pay him $12 million. We're going to keep the 13 or whatever it is, and we'll pay it. But we're going to move him out of this position. We're going to fill it in with somebody else. Look, if the Yankees sat there and – you know what – if the Yankees told me right now, you don't like IKF, do you? Not really. But here's what we'll do. We're going to trade Donaldson. We're going to eat some of his salary. Next year's going to go. We're not going to get anybody to replace him. All we're going to do is call up Oswald Peraza and IKF will shift to third base. I'd say do it. Mm. I would say do it. I like I the it. way you think. But here's I the like thing, the remember. Way you think. You still also have DJ who could play third. You got Matt Carpenter who could play third. So you don't got to play yes, him every sir. day. But yes, IKF sir. could take over late in defensive innings for yeah. at short, at third, I mean. Could still play yeah. short. We need him to. But yeah. in my opinion, I'd rather have that left side right now than what we're seeing from Donaldson because I, I remember saying in like June, Donaldson's going to get hot in July once it gets hot. And mm. my man's gotten worse. I'm like, this dude just don't got it. And the sad thing is, once Gallo goes, he takes his mantle. And it's like, fuck. Exactly. He so, becomes that. It's not. That's the thing. It's like people think it's bad now, but it's not because the 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 whipping boy ha has still been Joey Gallo because of how yeah. abysmal he's been. Mm -hmm. But you just said something that a lot of people are not realizing that Gallo may very well be traded in the next few days. And as soon as he's gone, all of that vitriol Goes is right headed in one direction, yep. and that direction will be Josh Donaldson. I tweeted and that, that out today. It's true. That is when shit is going to get 
ugly. I mean, ugly, super ugly. Like, like some of y'all on Yankees Twitter, ugly, that ugly. You know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And look, I like, I like what you're thinking. And I mentioned this, uh, my brother, my brother came over today for a bit. We were talking a little about the Yankees. And I don't even know if I said it, but I remember having the thought. I was like, yeah, like looking at Donaldson, it's just like, damn, like we got other guys who can play the position. Like how how long are we going to continue just running him out there every day? Like yeah. he's our third baseman, he's our third And the argument has always been, well, the defense, the defense, yeah, okay, but. And he's been terrific at third. He's one of the best defensive, uh, based off of all the numbers, he yeah. has been one of the better defensive third basemen in baseball. So I get and I and I, I and I feel that and I get that wholeheartedly. Yeah. But, but the baddest shit though, man. You but gotta the have bad, something. The bat is so bad. If he was and hitting two ten like, and he had twenty two homers, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, but that's what I expected. I right. mean, at the end of the day, it's like I literally. I mean, two ten is probably about uh, ten to fifteen points lower right. than what I expected. But I really expected like about two thirty, two thirty five, and him finishing the season with like. 30, 32 home runs. As so, I predicted too, Matt Chapman is putting up some numbers in the Blue Jays. As I said, yeah, I knew we, it. I knew we, he but, would. but we both said it, and I remember that argument. Remember the bullshit? Boy, he's gonna play short. I was like, put him in my fucking boy, third base. And my boy, uh, I remember going back and forth with my boy Earl. Obviously, we we've yeah. since gotten back on the same page about right. a lot of things. Right. But <clears throat> if you if you're listening, you remember, bro. We went back and with you like Chapman's not that big of a deal. He's not gonna move the that much. Well. He's looked real fucking good as of I mean, late. Right? I looked at his numbers today. I think he does 22nd homer, got like almost 60 RBIs, if not more than that. OPS yeah. is over 800. He's hitting over 240. Yeah. I'm like, he's it's putting just, up numbers, man. The thing that I was trying to mention, and again, it's not like I'm saying, oh, because Chapman is starting to get hot, the Blue Jays are going to come and overtake us for the division. I'm yeah. not saying no, that at all. No, not at all. I'm not just all. saying that back when the move happened, way too many people tried to like, like push it off like, eh, mm. you know, marginal. That's a marginal improvement. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. Like, yes, they lost Simeon. Okay, but Chapman is good, and he's going to be good, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to look good. And Chapman's glove is what Chapman's glove is. On top of that, he can hit the ball. And we're sitting here with, with Josh Donaldson and IKF trying to tell ourselves that Matt Chapman doesn't matter. If he doesn't matter, then what the fuck are Josh Donaldson and IKF? That's what Correct. I was trying to say yep. in the offseason, and people argued and we fought, whatever. Well, now here we are, about to be in August, and... Not not to toot the horn, not to toot the horn, because that's not what we're doing. But I mean, look, you look, you gotta look back at that trade and just think, this is this is one of the worst fucking trades that Cashman has made in oh, a long by time. Far. I mean, he made he you know, people at the time said, Well, this makes the team better. I don't know about that. I don't know if this made this team that much better. I really don't. I don't know if this made this team that you could you could make the easy argument. Defensively, we got better. Nope. Did we? Is yeah. who did, who did IKF replace? Yeah, Glaber Torres playing short. They they've been the same person at shortstop. Yeah, IKF came here as as a pretty decent glove at shortstop and proceeded to do exactly what Glaber did when 100%. he was in that position. And he doesn't and get as could... much hate because Glaber was a top prospect. We're expecting more from him. Exactly. But he's been worse, as bad if not worse than Glaber Torres at shortstop. And then. Uh... You know, Donaldson, okay, you know, Gio probably would hit better as a Yankee, but wouldn't play as good as defense. So, yeah. You know. No, um, LA Yankee King has a super chest. Hey, so I know you want to get to that. Uh, the, uh... But bef before you get to that, yeah. Kit Clientel said something about Rodon that I think mm -hmm. is big. 
Um, and I, I read that it before. one. And that's exactly right on, me, on my mind. You said NYC would love Rodon's fire and bull deck mentality that he has for the game. Um, that's yep. a great comment. Um, it's facts. Uh, that's a hundred percent great. And I think, bro, you can't, you know, not that can't be understated. One of the biggest reasons why we were clamoring so much for Carlos Correa was the fire, was yep. the attitude, was the, you know, just the, the bravado, right? The toughness, the edge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they went and traded for Josh Donaldson and said, Hey, this guy has an edge. He's got an edge. And then when he showed his Fucking edge, neutered them. They, they neutered him. Yep. Well, the thing, the difference with a guy like uh, Correa was that I felt like as, as crazy and as imposing as the Yankees are, I don't think that even the Yankees could fucking neuter that guy. No. So that's why I wanted him. Yeah. Well, Rodon is another one who I think, yeah. I don't no, think Rodon, he, he's a complete he's nut. Could, he's a complete I don't think, nut I don't think even the mouth. Yankees can neuter no, that and, guy. And, I think he's going to come here and be a nut. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and, and that is so overlooked about attitude and personality. Look, one thing about Rodon, Rodon's a bully on the mound. You want to talk about mm -hmm. fucking bully. Rodon is a bully on the mound. He'll laugh at you, he'll point at you when he strikes you out, he'll scream. The one time he, I forgot where it was, I think he pitched a shutout in the way park. He gets the last strike and goes like this on the mound. Like, yep. to get the fans hyped up, like, let's go, let's go. I'm like, exactly. my dude is a nut. He don't give a but, shit. He'll do that shit in Boston. He don't care. But 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 and but that's what we that's what we were saying all off season. We're like, look, we're Yankee fans. We want that guy as much as we love Aaron Judge. Yeah, he's not that guy. Like Aaron Judge is having a fucking MVP season. I don't right. know what any of you guys are saying. So we don't got to get into that. But yeah. he's having an MVP season, and still, I will tell you. Yeah. Judge is not that guy, though. He's not going to fucking no, make you wear it, put it in your face. But, right. But Rodon is that fucking dude, bro. You, like, man. in the playoffs, think about it. Let me set the scene for you. Say game one, Garrett Cole comes out, and he's fucking Garrett Cole. And he's fucking Garrett Cole. And the offense, you know, they're, they're facing another ace on the other side, so it's tough. The runs are tough to come by. But because Garrett Cole was Garrett fucking Cole. Yep. They, they scratch it out, and they win game one. Game two, they're going to game two. They're up one game to zero, and then Carlos fucking Rodon comes <laughs> and fucking just shits on the shits team. Shits on him, yep. At the end of that, when he's coming out that game, showboating and whatever, da, 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 and the Yankees are cruising to a 2-0 series lead, yep. it's going to be real hard to be. Pandemonium. It's going to be real hard to be in that other team's dugout. To me, that, that would like, be their nicknames, fuck. the Pandemonium Twins. <laughs> Exactly. They call, they're going to cause pandemonium all over because if they shut exactly. you down, they're going to let you hear it. Exactly. Which, look, my argument my argument is not because some people would say, okay, well, but doesn't that make you like a little hypocritical, Francis? Yeah. Because like when, when Manoa yeah. does it, you have an issue. Well, here's my thing. <laughs> Manoa just got here. Right. Rodon, yes. Rodon's been pitching since 2015. And I'm going to make right? it even easier because somebody told us to me the other day about I think the Mets celebrating and then the Yankees didn't. I was okay with it because I'm a fucking Yankee fan. What the fuck Duh. am I gonna do? Yeah, Duh. yeah. If Manoa was doing it for the Yankees, you know what I'd be saying right now? It's my fucking dude. Exactly. That's my, I love it. Keep That's going one. at him. Let's get a fight. No, I'll see, be screaming, fight him. The Mets thing, the Mets thing that killed me was they were they were trying to dunk on Yankee fans for celebrating an Aaron Judge Grand Slam right, in the right. middle of his home run, his historic home run chase yes. and race yes. to beat the record, right? Only eight guys have ever hit 60 homes and judges exactly. on pace for it. It's on pace to do it, right? It's history. And, it, and on top of that, it was a grand slam. Which, and it's baseball dude, history, not even bro, Yankees. It could be, yeah. But again, it's a grand slam. Like, if the Pirates get the bases loaded and one <laughs> right. of their guys hits a grand slam, the fans are going to celebrate it. Correct. It's called a grand slam for a fucking reason, right? right? 
The Mets were celebrating for beating Jordan Montgomery and Domingo Herman. And Domingo Herman, which they only scratched two runs off him. Correct. Like, and they were celebrating like, yeah, Mets run New York. Da, da, da. What? What? Shut the fuck up. The Mets fans for yeah, they got they got to try to be happy about something to say. We got a super <laughs> chat from L.I. He says, L.I. I've been the only one hating J.D. since the start of the season. Like, this dude is trash. I fully expected J.D. to fall off the cliff because of the age. F J.D. And trust me, I know he can't stand J.D. Because every game season live, he lets me know it. He lets me know he yeah. can't stand him. He hates him. He hates him. So, you're probably Listen, right about that. I'll give I'll give L.I. this one for sure. Uh, early in the season, I definitely had a lot more faith in Josh Donaldson. Um, and I really feel like it would have eventually been uh, more or less what our expectations were for him. Yep. But I, like I, I like I said before, I think after that series and the way everything played out, there. Listen, I'm not. I, I don't have anything factual, or whatever. But Pete knows how I feel because we've talked about this. I think that there was definitely some shit behind the scenes, organization wise, <clears throat> yeah. that was said and done to him, like the COVID and all that shit. The timing was oh, just was off weird. and everything. Yeah, all that like, was odd. There was definitely something there. And then having Judge and others come out and publicly like disparage him to the media. Like Didn't all like of that it. put it together. It's just like, mm, yeah, I don't know. But once that happened, I was very adamant and public with me saying, yeah, you could forget about Josh yeah. Donaldson being successful as a Yankee. Well, That's you know, it. like you said, they kind of clipped his balls. And speaking of balls... We got to go right into our sponsor for Designated Spitters. <laughs> Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there is a certain gold type of man wings. who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle and giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless, winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right. Manscaped would like to introduce to you their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is a leader in below-the-waist grooming, now trust him with the whole shebang. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using the code SPITTERS20, that is S-P-I-T-T-A-Z-2-0, SPITTERS20. 20 go and get that hooked up today and with that being said we got a super chat from jonathan lawrence says yankees trade for two of the worst hitters in mlb while employing the worst offensive shortstop and the most overpaid reliever cash should answer for that that is not a bad point not a bad point uh but what is a bad point is immediately right after from brandon katz so the go fuck yourself moment of the day goes to Mr. Brandon Katz. The Mets will roll in the playoffs. The playoffs is about pitching, not hitting, which is why the Yankees haven't won shit the last five years in the playoffs. Brandon, one question. When's the last what time have the, the Mets, Mets won? won in the last five years? What have they won? No, I'll no, win. No, it goes even further than that. When is the last time the Mets won a World Series? Yeah. Wait, I'll hang up and listen, Brandon. I'll Shut be up. happy. I'll be happy to say the Yankees haven't won since 09, but when is the yeah. last time the Mets won? Oh, but they, they, they bring up, oh, well, we were, in a, we were in a World Series more recently. Yeah, you were. It's you true. Win? 2015. And you lost. 
Yeah, that doesn't. Shut that, up. that gives you nothing. That means you yeah, want a pennant. Like Do people count pennants? Who gives a fuck about a pennant? And then, and then we got, and then we got another. We got, we got the Karen police over here, Scotty C. So he gets the Karen award of the day. Does cursing make you think you're smart or tough? No, it makes me think I'm free to do whatever the fuck I want. I mean, yeah, it happens to be America. So, you know, you are you are allowed to have a freedom of speech in here. We're not offending anybody. We're not even, you know, cursing at anybody. But we can also no, do that it's too. A, it just is what it is. Listen, nobody's here saying that Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom aren't amazing pitchers, aren't probably the best game one and two that anybody can trot out there in the playoffs. Yep. But when the Mets played the Yankees, they beat Montgomery. And Domingo Herman. It wasn't DeGrom Correct. versus Cole and Scherzer Correct. versus the Yankees with a legitimate number two. No, Correct. it was Scherzer versus Domingo Herman, and the game ended three to two. And just as Wombag Doodle just threw in there, the last time they won was 1986. But, you know, carry on with that. Good luck. Um, not the Mets. The look, I've, I've said it countless times. I think the Mets have a good ball club. I think they did a good job this offseason. I've said it. I've given, their, I've given them their credit. But it's just funny. Um, you know, Mets fans, I think would rather beat the Yankees and actually win the World Series. To be honest with you, I really, I really yeah. believe. Which, that. which, which, you know what, Pete? You're a hundred percent right, and that's why they will always and forever be little brother. No matter what you do, you guys can win. You guys can have a winning season. You guys can go out there and trade for big stars See, like Francisco Lindor. Brandon Katz, I'm actually trying to be nice to you here. But you have no idea what you're talking about. Stan hits 180 in the postseason. Stan has been an absolute beast for exactly. years. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, it just keep keep showing. You have, yeah. Mets fans are not too intelligent, so that's keep, that's show, keep showing your keep showing your intelligence out there. You know they also I, say Mets fans actually crowd the sewers of New York. Yeah. No, no, they probably no, they do. do. They yeah, fall yeah. around in the sewers. It goes in 1986 again. Exactly. They like to do. They walk around <laughs> with fucking alligators and shit in the sewers <laughs> with shit tied to their feet. A, look, Is it 86? Did Cone throw a no hitter? Like Listen, that, you know, hey, is Dwight again, still around? It's what I said. It's exactly what I said the other day. Every time Mets fans talk, every time Mets fans try to duck on somebody, it's like they look and sound just like Pete Alonso. That's why I'm happy he's like the face <laughs> of their team because he's the he's the quintessential Met. You, you got only you guys like him. Every one of us around the league look at that man and cringe every time he does anything. Oh man! Every time he does. Oh, I mean, who the, hold on. Who who am I? Who am I in the in the friggin' uh, home run derby? <laughs> that's, and that's what I was exactly gonna say. I was like, who? Somebody should have slapped fuck? the sh or threw a fucking egg at his head. Who the fuck meditates in a home run derby? What are you uh, doing? Yeah. My, this guy goes way above. Bro. I mean, come on, take it easy. Buddy. And, and, but this is what take I'm saying. Like, but, but again, he's the quintessential Met. Why? Because the home run derby is it. That's it for him. We should if have like a meditation Met. <laughs> we just pause and meditate. <laughs> the Mets fans hey, will love us. We're a little wild. We probably need it. We probably need a little oh, bit of meditation shit. in our lives. But I ain't going to do it strictly because hey Alonzo does it. Francis, we have anything else uh, to cover here? You want to jump into the Eli interview? Um, I have one question. Please, go ahead. Interesting question. I want to pose it to you, and then maybe I'll say what I think. Um, gut feeling. Do yeah. you still think after the Benintendi deal and Stanton comes back to the lineup, do you feel fully confident in this offense, or would you still look to add <clears> – <throat> One more bat. Oh, I can I could answer this great. I could answer this absolutely great. Um, I would look for one more bat, or I would call up one more bat. I didn't yet. That's why I, I've been saying this for a long time. 
the Yankees have an amazing opportunity here that if they don't get a bat via trade, you're not going to trade all these guys. So at the end of the day, can Floriel get a spot? Can Peraza get a spot if you don't move him? Because look, I told, I've, I've been saying this for a minute. I am giving the Yankees the benefit of a doubt until 6 p.m. on Tuesday. After 6 p.m. on Tuesday, if they don't do anything, I will turn into Dr. Flipshits. I will turn into Dr. Flipshits, <laughs> and trust me, it'll be the all-time rant. If you guys thought my rant on the year they got Alfredo Garcia was good, this might be one of the greatest things you'll ever see in your lifetime, and I don't want to do it. I don't want to because I might not come out of it alive or normal. But there's no way they can go on and just say, we're done, with, we, we don't get this, we don't get this, and then they don't call up Peraza or Flo or Andor out. Mm-hmm. Complete Dr. Flip shits. Pete said, Pete, Eli said, you're going to need to meditate after Tuesday's deadline. He's probably right. He's probably right. I probably will meditate. And unfortunately oh, for me, man. I got to do that whole, because I'm probably going to go live at like 11, like 12 or 1 until mm-hmm. 6. And mm-hmm. then I'm calling the game right after it. So, well, yeah. well it's a long day for me. And they're going to ru- they're gonna ruin my life probably that day, maybe. So who knows? Or they're gonna make your life. Or they're gonna make my life. Never, what if, if they you never know. If I'm live and there's an announcement, the Yankees have acquired Shohei Otani. I will ne- fucking drop. You right never here. know. And you never it. know. Wherever I, I am, wherever I am, just send me a link. I don't care where I am, what I'm doing. Just send me a link. I'm putting and you I'm on. Jump, I'm, I'm put, jumping I'm on. Putting, I'm putting them on. I'm jumping. Care. I'm telling Fred, you. Fred's gonna be in the fucking toilet. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna be like reporting live from the office. <laughs> um, but not nah, um yeah, man. I mean the reason I asked the question because I think it's an interesting question. After getting Benintendi, yeah, you got you know, outfield mm. seems solved, right? Another lefty bat, uh good contact guy. Mm. So a lot I think a lot of fans would say they're content with the lineup once Stanton does return. I think a lot of fans would say, nah, I think you know, we have enough. It should be good enough or whatever. But I feel a lot like you do, and I think that yeah, you could definitely use adding another or calling up yeah. another to really solidify that lineup and make it like that real juggernaut. Because right now, yes, yes, they beat they beat a lot of teams. It's true or whatever. But when you go against teams like Houston, uh, we've seen it happen a couple times in July against lesser teams. Yep, the, the offense just disappears. Yeah. And that's very scary going into October with an offense that looks that good on paper, but can play a Houdini act with some of the best of them. So that's definitely something to look into. Uh, last thing I'll say to Brandon is no, they don't have the best rotation in baseball. Shut oh, up. don't worry oh. about him. I put his little ass in a uh, timeout. <laughs> Go in timeout, Ba-bow. motherfucker. Bow bow. <laughs> Face the wall. You don't look back. <laughs> look at the picture of Pete Alonso, damn it. Look at it. Put him, we put him in the bathroom. We don't call time. Put him in the bathroom. That's all. Put him, put, him, put him in the bathroom. Hey, put him in the bathroom. So, guys, without further ado, uh, Francis, are you going to stick around? Um, so after the thing, or you got to hop off? I mean, uh, if you got to hop off, let me know. The only reason why I, I need to get, I need to get your, your, you know, last yeah. episode, best episode. So. Yes, I just sir. want to make sure uh, we don't jump back on. If you can't, we don't have to. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so then I will I'll stick around. Okay, perfect. All right, guys, <laughs> without further ado, let us go to the interview with the one and only. And, guys, I'm telling you, stick around for this. You're going to love it. You're going to really love it. Eli Fishman, here we go. What is going on, everybody? I am here with the one and only 
Eli Fishman. Eli, good to have you back, man. It's been a while. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me on. Of course, man. You know, we just actually spent some time with Eli recently at uh, Somerset's beautiful complex, which is truly, truly an amazing place. I've told everybody that I know that's either around the area or if you've never experienced minor league baseball, Somerset is a good place to start. I, I think it's a it's an amazing, amazing little uh, stadium, but it, it's it's really well done in the sense of a baseball game, a minor league game. It's a different experience. Yeah, it's uh, great working there this year. And I know you were there on a, the mascot's birthday too, um, yes. which was a lot of fun. And and the crowd there, the, the atmosphere in Somerset is definitely unmatched. No, I agree 100%. So <clears throat> everybody knows Eli is the guru of prospects. He knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. And Yankee fans are very, very excited about what our minor league system is looking like. And obviously during this time of who may be moved, what the Yankees at the major league level may do, people want to know a little more about the minor league prospects. So I'm going to, I got a few questions for you, Eli. Let's jump right into them and let's go from there. The first one is who would have the most impact bat, impactful bat right now if they were called up to the Yankees 26 man roster? Well, there's, there's a few guys that, that you got to mention. Um, but the two are, I would say no surprise, and that's Miguel Andujar and Esteban Florial. Um, I mean, both guys have been absolutely mashing in, in AAA and and have just skyrocketed their value. And I mean, they're two guys that have been, you know, on that brink of starters in the big leagues and consistently being on that 26, 26 25 man roster to being guys in AAA to being on that shuffle back and forth that we've seen. I know um, I saw it the other day, I don't remember the exact number of Florial. I think it's close to a dozen times that he's been shuttled back and forth between yep. AAA and the big leagues, and he's never spent more than a week consecutively mm -hmm. in the big leagues. Those two guys have big league bats, big league ready. I mean, that outfield, you look at those two and Tim Locastro as well, yep. that's that's a starting outfield on potentially on a lot of big league teams um, at the moment and definitely three big leaguers. So, so I feel like those are the bats that could definitely have a huge impact. And then the other guy is Oswald Peraza, who is – Really picked it up, had a little bit of a slow start to the season, but the whole package at shortstop um, defensively and specifically offensively, the hit tool is obviously, you know, something that he's been working up towards and, and what he needs to be that big league starting shortstop. And throughout the year, he's it's consecutively gone up. I know Connor Foley, who's the uh, Rail Riders beat yeah. writer, put out a tweet the other day that was his month-by-month -month, yeah. um, statistics and just the way it climbed up. Um, I think he's close to hitting close to 320 in the month of July, which is which is pretty much over at the moment. Um, mashing the ball, the powers coming out that we've always seen. Um, the the overall package package is there. And another name to throw out um, to to kind of get you thinking is Austin Wells in Double A. Um, obviously, some ways away from the big leagues, only in Double A. Definitely a lot more developing to do. But he has a big league bat, 100, percent and. I don't think he'll be in the big leagues anytime necessarily soon, but he has a big league bat, and it's just been a lot of fun to watch for him. Yeah, the cool thing is, too, and this is why I've gone to my most minor league games this year than I ever have, and, and I tell you what, one of the cool things to do is you can really, when you watch a minor league team, whether it's double-A, triple-A, lower levels, doesn't matter what it is, you can really see the talent that people talk about when you see it in person. And I got a couple of days that I got to see Austin, um, Austin Wells, and you're 100% right. I mean, you just watch his overall approach. 
and you can see this guy. Like, there's guys you watching, you're like, you know what? This guy's going to be in the major leagues. Like, there's almost no denying that he really looks like that type of guy. Um, Follow-up question on <clears throat> one of the guys you mentioned. One of my favorites, has been one of my favorites for years, and I said the last two years, last year I said it didn't really do it. This year I said it again. I'm like, Estevan Florial is going to break out. He's going to break out. He has everything. He he has the body of an outfield. You could just tell he's an athlete. He's a real good athlete. Speed, throwing arm, fielding, power. What's the biggest difference? I mean, what what do you see that has changed? Is it because I know pitch recognition they said was an issue early on, and what is it that you think? Because the batting average is in the low two hundreds no more. I mean, it's hitting close to three hundred, if not already there right now. What is the difference in him? I think it's just at bats. I mean, you look at it. I know what I one one thing I always say is whenever I tweet anything about Esteban Florial, all the people on Twitter comment, "Well, why can't he do it at the big leagues?" Right. And as I said, he's never got consistent at bats. He's never had that time to develop. Career-wise, forty abs. That's it. Yes, um, it's just the time that you need to develop and double A to triple A and the COVID season and and everything. You just need time to adjust, and I think he's done that. He's cut down on the strikeouts, the the pitch recognition, um, and the approach at the plate is is so much better. Uh, and he's striking out less, walking more. The power is is unmatched. Um, Yep. I don't know if, if you've been to Scranton, but in down the right field line, there's like a berm. And then after that berm, probably 420 feet away, there's like a bar. He hit it on top of the bar yeah. um, at, at Scranton, which is quite, quite a, quite a trip. Um, and I mean, you see the, the fact that he's been the top prospect in the Yankees organization or one of them for so many years, since he was 18, 19 years old, he's always had that talent and, Throughout the minors, it's just about developing the hit tool. I mean, all the guys that are as highly regarded as all the top prospects in the game offensively, they have the power, they have the speed, they have the athleticism. A lot of the times they either have the defense or it will come or the defense doesn't necessarily matter. It's all about the hit tool and not striking out, getting on base, putting the ball in play. Um, and it's just he needs those things to develop, and they've definitely developed in this year. He's a very, very mature hitter. Um, which is something he's, as I said, keep has kept developing on um, over the past couple of years. I don't know if you can necess- necessarily call him mature in the batter's box with his approach, but this year he definitely is. Um, it's just very, very impressive. And the fact that he's in AAA, I mean, there's, there's a lot more to come. And um, when he gets an opportunity, and it's going to come, whether it's with the Yankees or someone else, yep. he's going to show that in the big leagues for sure. Yeah, I've made that prediction multiple times. I've told people, I said, this guy is going to be, I believe personally, a very good major league player no matter where he is, um, whether it's the Yankees. And I, I do hope it is because I, I really enjoy watching him. And you talk about a guy that can really impact a lineup that has significant power threats up and down it. He's one of those guys because he does get on base at a good clip also. He has very good professional at-bats. Even when he was up in the 40 at-bats in the major leagues, there was never really times where you watched him and said, this guy probably doesn't belong here. He looks overmatched. He still had quality ABs and... I really hope he gets that chance eventually. Um, moving on to the other side of the ball, so to say, which starting pitching prospect is closest to impacting the MLB club? Yeah, I feel like you got to say Walter Chuck. Yeah. Um, for that one, I mean, again, a guy who who has continuously developed that slider fastball, the funky lefty. Um, he is a tough guy to face. Uh, he's uh, lefties are hitting like. 
zero eight they're hitting eighty nine. Zero eight nine. It was some some crazy stat like that. Um against him. Um I mean the deception, the fastball he's dialed up to the mid upper nineties, that slider, that change up. Um he's he's definitely the full package on the mound and uh he the numbers that he's put up recently in triple A definitely show that. So you got him. You also have Matt Crook, who's someone I've been high on for a while. He's been a little bit up and down a couple weeks ago through, I think it was seven and two-thirds, seven and one-thirds, perfect innings for Scranton, mm-hmm. a, a sinker baller who I think he's change-up slider, really just doesn't throw a fastball. Every pitch drops, dips, cuts, moves. Um, another big lefty. The command has been something he's been working on too. Um, but he's a ground ball machine, a good amount of strikeouts. He's someone who was actually a minor league rule five pick last season um, from the Tampa Bay Rays, who's climbed through the organization. Hayden Wisniewski as well is, is someone who had a couple of tough starts to begin the season, but has bounced back really well recently. And another, you know, funkier right-handed pitcher that isn't necessarily, you know, what you, what you dream about. He's not that perfect hundred miles per hour. Necess- won't necessarily blow you away with anything, um, but the deception, the command, there's so there's a lot to like about Hayden Wisniewski and all those three guys. I would put Waldachuk at the top, but all those three guys are big league pitchers right now. So when it comes to Waldachuk, well, one more, one more, go ahead. one more. Johnny Brito. I forgot to mention yeah. him. Um, started the year in Double A. Another guy that's that's a little bit of a late bloomer. Had a breakout year last year. Uh, doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Sinker baller. I mean, the numbers are absurd if you look at them in Triple A. Um, I think he's close to two with his ERA right now. Ground ball machine doesn't walk anyone. Um, so another really impressive guy to throw out there. When it comes to Waldachuk, because he's a name that everybody is looking at right now, um, pretty obviously. Is there a major league comp for him that you see and you watch him pitching? Like you know what he kind of reminds me of blank. It's tough. Um, I know he's just a funky lefty. I feel like that's that's the best way to describe it. I know, yeah. like Cole Hamels. A little okay. bit is um, is a comp that I have in the way Hamels almost and Waldachuk obviously does this too. Is he completely rotates backwards a little bit like Johnny Cueto ish from the left side, where Waldachuk's front leg is almost facing you know center field wow. when he winds up and pitches, and his arm movement is a little bit unnatural, similar to um, to Hamels, where he kind of breaks from his backhand kind of like in towards him and then flexes it out as he's throwing the pitch. So there's so much deception in his delivery, similar, you know, Hamels a little bit as, as that lefty who, who gets a lot of extension. Um, I mean, just, just, uh, Walter Chuck is just a filthy, filthy pitcher. Who's, who's going to be, you know, a great, great guy in the big leagues. And yeah, I would, I would say Hamels is, is a pretty good comp. Hey, that's a nice comp to be, uh, to be compared to. Um, now, over to the other side of throwing the ball, relief pitching prospect that is close. I know we talked about this a little bit. I think I have a feeling who you might say, but that's close to impacting the major league club. Um, Greg Weiser is is I know I've I've talked talked to you and I've talked yep. to a lot of people um, hyping him up because he's one of the best players that I've ever seen. That's not like highly regarded, maybe even the best player I've seen that's not a top 30 guy and has never been a top 30 guy. Uh, a later round pick out of Fordham from the Bronx, you know, a Long Island kid. 
Um, the numbers last year were insane. The numbers this year are insane. Opponents hitting like 150 off of them, two ERA out of the bullpen, strikes out. Um, I think he's at third or 14. Um, strikes out 14 per nine innings. Just the full package. Disgusting slider. Uh, another sinker ball guy. Um, just so impressive to watch. He literally he he overmatches hitters so much, even at the AAA level, where obviously you're you're facing big league guys. So he's just been so impressive to watch, and and someone who again is is going to get an opportunity, and he's going to shine in the big leagues, and is probably the best uh, prospect who's not a prospect, not a highly regarded right. guy um, that that I've ever seen. That's a lot of fun to watch. And another guy who's not a prospect technically is Jimmy Cordero, um, yep. who had a lot of big league time actually with the White Sox and is in AAA right now. And um, a lot of the shuffle between, you know, you see what's happened recently with Ryan Weber, Shane mm-hmm. Green, David McKay. A lot of the worries is that you bring a guy up and you're going to have to DFA him and he'll either ask for his release, go through waivers, get picked up, get traded, whatever it is. And a hunch, I guess, is that Jimmy Cordero, Jimmy Cordero isn't in the big leagues because there hasn't necessarily been a spot for even Weiser, too, for a guy to consistently pitch in the big right, leagues. Right. There's been IL stints, COVID stints, you know, doubleheaders, stuff like that, where you need guys for a few innings, for a couple days. But there hasn't necessarily been a big role that that's popped up for that they need a guy in AAA. Um, for consistently so I feel like that's the reason both two of these two of those guys haven't um, reached that big league level yet but both Cordero and Weissert are two guys that again are, are going to shine when when they get there and I know you kind of said uh, for the next question those two could probably go in there because they're not really considered prospects but who is somebody that's not in the top 30 that you think deserves serious consideration or basically just tell us about a prospect who we all should be talking about a little more um, there's, there's a lot of guys who, who aren't in the top 30, who, who maybe even would be in my top 30. And a lot of guys that are having, uh, breakout, breakout years this year. I know one guy, a little bit of recency bias. I was at Hudson Valley this past week for three games. And this guy hit home runs over 400 feet in all three games. One of them was 112 miles per hour off the bat. That's Grant Richardson. Uh, he was the Yankees 17th round pick last season. So a late round guy. Uh, was I, I'm sure everyone has seen by now the Jason Dominguez promotion video mm-hmm. in Tampa where they had the hidden camera and he goes into uh it was Jason and uh, Rachel Balkovic's office and then it was Grant Richardson that uh, Dominguez told that he was getting promoted and that was that was part of that joke so he went up with Dominguez and um, made some made some major swing adjustments this year and he he looked insane last night he went uh, three for four with two doubles and uh, a huge home run in the ninth inning um, that almost led to a comeback uh, and started a rally. But, you know, an outfielder, left-handed hitter was, was really impressive um, in double a, which, which I've gotten a chance to see every single day. Yep. There's two guys, one of whom is uh was actually a top 30 guy for a while, but um, is not with the Yankees at the moment. And that's Jason Rosario yep. uh, who was DFA by the Red Sox was traded from the Padres to the Red Sox a few years ago in that uh, Mitch Moreland deal. And his, he's just really, really impressed. Uh, career high in home runs right now. He's an on-base machine. Um, the average isn't necessarily doesn't necessarily catch your eye, but the walk-to-strikeout ratio 100% does. Uh, Jesus Bastidas is another guy having mm-hmm. a breakout year in AA who's, who's gotten a serious opportunity. 
and then down who two guys that were just promoted from uh, the complex league to low a Tampa are cousins, Luis Serna and Jared Serna. I know uh, Luis, I think yesterday actually was uh, popped up on MLB pipelines, top 30. Mm. Um, so that's very good to see, but he is Serna. It just turned 18 years old the other day. And the numbers in the, the complex league were insane. Uh, a power changeup guy doesn't necessarily throw extremely hard, but for his age is one of the most mature pitchers. The command is insane. Just one of the most mature, the pitchability, everything is just absurd for his age. And he is, you know, three plus years younger than the average player in low A right now, probably more actually. So it's he's been insane. And then Jared Cerna, his cousin, uh, is a guy that has more stolen bases, extra base hits, and walks than he does strikeouts. Another wow. on-base machine, a little guy. I think he's listed at 5'8", 5'9". Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a second baseman who could also play third base, also plays a little bit of outfield. He's going to skyrocket to the big leagues. I want to say he, he's 20 years old, maybe 19. Um, so extremely young and has got a lot of time. But an on-base machine, great hit tool, guy that can play – three, four positions, infield and outfield, um, you're going to see them. Those are two names that you're going to see a lot further down the road, but definitely two yeah. names to know. Awesome. Well, hey, look, that's why we love having you on here because those are a couple of names I want to go look at. Actually, immediately after this interview, I'm going to look at some stuff on those guys. Um, speaking of uh, somebody who I think a lot of fans are are excited about, a lot of people think he's the – Maybe the top pitching prospect, even though you got guys like Waldachuk. But I watched him um, a couple of days. I was actually supposed to watch him today. Hopefully the game is not rained out. But Luis Medina, I absolutely love watching this guy on the mound because there's not many guys that I'm a big fan of, of starting pitchers that really pitch with emotion. And he does. I mean, you could just literally watch him. He kind of tells you everything he's feeling on the mound. Uh, but... One of the obvious concerns of Luis Medina is command, is he'll lose it, but when he's dialed in and locked in, I mean, you don't see many guys with a better arm and better arsenal than what Luis Medina has. His projection going forward, obviously the Yankees want him to be a starting pitcher. I think that's the most valuable place to be. But after watching Medina and you watch him in person and see his stuff, you could see this guy being a dominating late-inning RP. Where do you personally see? You've watched him more than all of us. Where do you see his projection likely going? It's tough because, you know, you said it. When he's on, he is has the potential to be one, not one of the you know best pitchers in the system or with the Yankees, but one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. He yeah. has ace ace potential. You see it when he's on. He has three plus pitches, including a hundred plus mile per hour fastball when he's dialed in, and when he can pitch that for command. Um, there's again, he's, he's a big league ace, hundred percent. Obviously the, the counterpart counter part of that is, um, when he's off, he is not. So it it just comes down to consistency for him. Um, being able to land his, his, uh, change up and curveball for him being, uh, consistently and being able to throw strikes consistently. Um, definitely something he's developing, but I mean, he's developed so much. You, you look through his career, the, the consistency of the outings and the, the quality of the outings are getting better and better. Every single start um, just has had a couple tough, couple tough ones that he needs to um, avoid and, and, and he'll be set, but it's, it's tough to say just because of that consistency question mark. Right. Um, because if he's 
consistent, I could I could definitely see him being a starter, and I think he will be a starter. But the lack of consistency may point to the bullpen a little bit. But I, when he's on, he's a starter, hundred percent. No um, question. Um, I think no question about that. I was watching. I was at his start, uh, his last start, which was in uh, against the Flying Squirrels, and. First inning, I was like, oh, man, <clears throat> you know, Medina doesn't have it. You could tell he's all over the place. A couple of balls um, over the catcher's head. One over the catcher's head got away. Another one in the dirt got away. And I'm like, oh, okay. I got to see the best of both worlds because after that, Eli, he was so dialed in, they didn't stand a chance. I almost felt bad for him. It was like, whoa. Like, you can tell this is an elite-level talent. Like, I mean, he just made it look easy. There was times I remember later in the game he got the 3-0 counts. And he just reared back and just blew fastballs by everybody and just blew it by him and got right back in and then he he really does pitch with a with a style on the mound because I think he knows he's good he knows how good he is and and he kind of it's not about flaunting that it's like it, it's something you can tell he enjoys doing he enjoys being when he's on his game he has fun he has a ton of fun doing it so he's a guy I'm really really excited about and of course speaking of excitements everybody is excited about Anthony Volpe. Everybody is. Uh, you watch Anthony Volpe live in person. And the one thing that when I met Anthony Volpe the first time, obviously not in uniform, was at a dinner. And um, I noticed that, man, where is Anthony getting this power from? He's a smaller guy. He doesn't shock you as a guy that he's in a, he could blast 30 home runs. And when he does it, you're like, wow, where, where is he getting this from? But then you see him in person. You're like, you know what? He's stocky. He's built. He, he You could see where he would generate power. And... Fans are asking, fans want to know, with the current trajectory of Anthony Volpe, and he got off to a slow start, we noted in A, there was concern, but boy, I mean, he has lit it on fire and stolen bases, extra bases, he's done it all. We've seen many great plays as shortstop defensively, better arm this year than we've seen in previous years. Do you believe that Anthony Volpe is starting at shortstop at some point. Doesn't have to start the season in 2023. But at some point, is that the correct projection for Anthony Volpe? I mean, I feel like how can you say no? Right. Um, with In terms of that projection, I definitely think seeing the adjustment that it took to to double A, he's going to need time to develop in triple A, and he's going to need 250 at-bats to develop in the majors. That's that's another thing and a reason why teams obviously throughout baseball for for all time are hesitant to call guys up, especially when they're in a position like the Yankees, uh, is that sometimes you don't necessarily have the time um, to to wait 250 at-bats to see if this guy is going to be the, the the true package. Right. So I feel like that's the that's definitely a tough part about it is is that it takes time to adjust. You you look at the his double A season again month by month just turns it on uh turns it up a gear every single month every single day he turns it up it just takes time to develop and see the pitching and know how guys are going to pitch you and be, be able to get to that outside breaking ball and gain confidence um so that's definitely a tough aspect of it but in terms of the the projection if you don't take that into consideration 100 million percent um he is a starting big league shortstop for the yankees or or another team at at some point um, in the next year, uh, and you said it, complete package. Um, I don't know if, in terms of being able to watch a guy day in and day out, I've seen anyone display five tools like Anthony Volpe does. Yeah. Uh, 
all five are legit hit. And you talk about the power, uh, 27 home runs last season in a minor league season. I think he only played about 120 games. Uh, that's absurd for his size. He has no business hitting the ball 110 miles per hour off the bat and 450 feet. He uses his whole body. He is everything you envision in terms of a guy that has that power, can hit the ball to all parts of the field, can run the bases, the baseball IQ. I mean, I I know you've talked to him and anyone who's talked to him, not just the baseball IQ, but the the character aspect of it. Uh, And obviously with that, the the baseball head or the baseball brain, you know, between the ears is is as good as it gets. The maturity, uh, the way he handles himself, the way he deals with failure, the way he deals with success everything about him um there's there's no reason to say that he's he's not gonna be a star and he's not one of the best players in baseball i wouldn't be surprised by the end of the year he's the top prospect you know number one uh in all of baseball as you especially with the trajectory that he's heading towards and the season he's had in in double a uh is is just insane uh the the ability to adjust to you know you, you talk about the fact that he was struggling at the beginning of this year and one thing that he's been very vocal about and his coaches have is that he knew his swing. He knows himself. He didn't change a single thing. He wasn't watching tape like crazy trying to fix his swing. He knew his swing. He knew himself. He had confidence and he knew that it will come. He trusted himself. Um, he, he always stayed calm, always had a smile on his face at the ballpark every single day. And, and you saw the success coming. It surprised absolutely no one. Um, right. So yeah, it's, almost words can't necessarily put into perspective how impressive and how much fun it is to watch Anthony Volpe play uh, day in and day out. And another thing is the defense too. Uh, I made, made sports center, made sports center on a Friday night or Thursday night. Yeah. Great play. play play. Yeah. Great play up the middle. And on that same day hit two home runs and uh, a double as well. So I ended the day with four hits and a play on sports center that wasn't any of those four hits. So yeah, it's, it's just insane to watch the arm strength. Um, I mean, everything about Anthony Volpe makes you, especially off the field and his personality makes you just wish for his success so much. And it's, again, it's, it's going to come. Oh yeah. No question about it. And I tell everybody too. um, if you have the opportunity, go see Anthony Volpe in person. Go see all these guys in person because it really gives you a different a, a different outlook than even if you're just reading stuff about him and, you know, people go, you know, he's different. And you think in your head, well, why? You know, well, what's different? Okay, he put some good numbers. But when you get to watch these guys, you can really tell this guy is different. You can really see it. The last thing I have for you, and, and this one just kind of popped in my mind, but we know a deadline is coming close. We know this is a tough time for prospects in general. They don't know what could happen. Forget the deadline. Forget none of these guys get moved. Nothing ever happens. They are where they are. The Yankees' one-two prospect, and everybody knows, is Volpe and Peraza. Both of these guys are very, very close to the major leagues in the sense of where they are on their level. I know I've seen Peraza play a little bit of second base. I think even Volpe did a little bit of second base at, at one point. Is there... Any possibility that you can see that this could become the left side of the Yankees infield at some point? I mean, I think it's definitely possible. I think the fact that uh, – or the Yankees have actually been a little bit vocal. Um, I know, again, Connor Foley, the beat writer for uh, the mm-hmm. Rail Riders, mentioned recently that the Yankees do want to get Oswald Peraza some reps at second base. Yeah. The fact that they've you know, put Anthony – he hasn't played second base this year. 
Um, but in spring training, he actually did a little bit mm-hmm. when I saw him in minor league camp and he played second base for a few games for uh, Hudson Valley last season. The fact that they're messing with them a little bit or not messing with them, but, you know, trying them uh, at other positions definitely, definitely says uh, something about that. And, yeah. and something I always say is if you have the talent that these two guys have in all five tools, they can play other positions. Of um, yep. I, I think that that shouldn't necessarily be the worry. I know um, you talk about throughout the system, Trey Sweeney, Peraza, Volpe, Roderick Arias, Alexander Vargas. I just named uh, five, six guys that are top 30 prospects um, who are shortstops. Yep. Five of them, five yep. of them are in the top 15, top 20. So when you look at positions throughout the minor leagues and, those developments that it should really be the last thing I think that that people look at a lot of these guys are you look at Volpe, Peraza, Vargas, Sweeney all these guys are are so athletic um and myself I'm a little bit of a money ball guy and the fact that you just got to be able to hit that's that's what gets you to the big leagues um obviously the defense the defense on those guys is insane but if you hit you have the power you have the arm you have the glove you have the speed but especially on the offensive side um, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. if if you have, you know, Hall of Famers at second, third, short, um, it it they'll they'll find a place to play. Correct. Um Correct. if if they're if they're as good offensively as a lot of these guys are and will be in the future. So it's definitely definitely a tough question, a little bit of a predicament, but if if they can do it, they'll they'll play. They'll they'll, they'll, it, yeah. they'll make a spot for them yeah. in the big leagues. The and and the last thing too for anybody who needs to know the mental aspect of baseball and and really understand who Volpe and Peraza are. Both of those guys struggled, as we said before, tremendously to start the years. And and look at what they've done here recently. So a little bit of adversity. They've passed that test. I mean, I think that's more than fair to say because. A lot of guys with the idea of the pressure of being a top prospect. I mean, they know that. They see it. They, they, you know, see the people around them coming to see them. They have the interviews. They understand where they are in the in the prospect pool. So you can really tell mentally both of those guys have it in the sense of, as you said before, Anthony Volpe had a smile. on. He said, I'm not changing. I know who I am. It's going to come. I would say both of those guys really prove that. That, you know, we know how good we are. We understand we got off to a slow start, but look at the bounce back. And I think it tells you something very special about who those guys are mentally. And and that's a big part of getting to the major leagues is being able to handle that type of adversity. And, you know, they've kind of passed that test, at least in 2022, with flying colors. Absolutely. And, and you know, you look throughout the Yankees organization and they, they definitely breed a certain type of ball player um, and pick a certain type of ball player. I know Volpe was, I think he was late fifties in terms of his where he was projected to go right. uh, in the draft, and the Yankees obviously took him with their first round pick. Uh, obviously, the hometown kid and grew up a Yankee fan, but I feel like you got to look at the character. Obviously, yeah. the the player as well, but the character and his willingness to make adjustments, to view the advanced analytics, to accept help. Both of those guys, all of those things. Um, and the character definitely contribute to the, to the success and being able to, to deal with failure, as you mentioned, is maybe the biggest part of the yeah. game and, and being able to, to stay strong and, uh, the, the character clause, I'm, I'm very big myself on, uh, character and, and the way 
you, you deal with fans, deal with adversity, handle yourself in the locker room, in the dugout, on the field, all these things. And both both those guys, that sixth tool for both of them uh, is is crazy. And just to touch on one other guy yep. too, because um, I, from what I've seen, I feel like a lot of people have left him in – not left him in the dust, but since he's been injured a while, forgotten him, about him a little bit. That's Oswaldo Cabrera. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's on the 40-man roster – Back in uh back in AAA after some some in, dealing with some injuries and I think he has four home runs in his yeah. first week and a half in AAA. Uh, he plays shortstop, he plays second base, he plays third base, and he's been working on the outfield too. So, uh, I think that's another guy that that people should be keeping in mind. And um, just to go back to a couple of questions earlier because obviously they keep popping into my head. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Dunham yep. is another guy that people really need to be paying attention to. The season he's having in Double A, another guy who, um, I mean, when he's hot, there's no one better. The power, the speed, uh, his defense has been insane. Another guy to watch out, and another guy that I recently saw that looked really good is uh, T.J. Rumfield, mm. first baseman who was acquired from the Phillies uh, last year on the Rolf, on the forty man crunch day. It was like five minutes uh, before um, Donnie Sands and Nick Nelson and Rumfield came to the Yankees. Yeah. Big first baseman. I think he's listed at 6'5", 220. Um, I mean, he, he's been really, really impressive this season. So, sorry, two more guys that I just had to throw out there. No, I, I saw Dunham up close uh, a couple of days, and, yeah, I think you're 100% right. And, again, guys, like anybody watching this, you guys hear Eli talk, you hear myself talk about these guys a lot, and I know for a fact the last – like I said, this year I've gone to my most minor league games. Um, the double-A team – I mean, you talk about a team that has loads of talent on it. It's a great team to go see. I mean, and again, I, I just got to throw this out here. I mean, the minor league experience is different than the major league experience. It just is. You're also seeing some of the new rules. I am a huge fan of the pitch clock. I When I first heard about it, I'm like, I hate this idea. But then you watch it and you're like, you know what? I like this. I like this. I really, really like this. And... You know, in the minor leagues, they get to experiment. They do these type of things. But it's a different type of game to watch. It's very exciting. It's very fun. It feels a little more um, personable, so to say. It's like you 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 feel you're right there with the guys watching them. Like, like you're, you're right there. And um, it, I think it's, a, it's an experience that as a real baseball fan, you got to take some time out to do. And... Eli, it's always an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, always is. You're doing great. Anything we can look forward to from you personally? Um, I don't know. I, I got two weeks before I go back to school, and then <laughs> the content starts starts going down, unfortunately. Um, but I'm gonna continue to to try and uh, try and pull great stuff out there. Uh, as always, try to try to get to some some Scranton games. Uh, hopefully, over the next few weeks. Hopefully, see some uh, some more prospects there. Haven't gotten to see them very much because uh, because they're a hike. But um, gonna see them and again, just gonna try to spread uh, spread the Yankees prospects and and get people to or allow people to you know get to know these names that I think they're gonna be hearing for a long time. Oh yeah, and you guys know follow Eli on Twitter. That's at Eli J Fishman, and also the same for Instagram. So make sure you do that. Eli, my friend, it has been a pleasure. Thank you again for another amazing prospect interview. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. No problem. 
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with the one and only Eli Fishman. It was great talking to him. Obviously, we talked about just about every prospect um, that he had on his mind, that I had on my mind, but a lot of great things said about Oswald Peraza and also Anthony Volpe in that interview. But um, hope you guys enjoyed it. I know me and Francis were chatting for a little while, so with that mm -hmm. being said, guys, I mean, I think it's time to get ready to wrap this baby up. I haven't ate since this morning, so I am thinking of chicken and rice and beans in my head right now, and I can't friggin' wait. My fiance been cooking for herself upstairs. I smell it down here. I'm going nuts. Nuts, I tell you. Nuts. The tease the tease is real. Kind of like uh, Cashman and the Yanks, right? Yeah, facts. Facts. <laughs> yeah, facts, man. facts, facts. I hope, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Shouts out again to Eli Fishman. That Eli. guy is just... He's the man, man. He's a dude, real one. Man. Been riding with us. Ithaca uh, College got a good a one coming. Ithaca yeah, got man. a good one coming. They got an amazing one coming. And yeah, man, good all yo, good luck. Uh and God bless, you know, for all his future endeavors, man. Yep. You already know NYY News TV is fully in support of you, fully behind you. Yeah, love from love from NYY News TV to Eli Fishman. That guy's great. All uh, day, yep. All day. Yeah. All day. That's my dude, man. Tyler said he's yeah. thinking about pizza for dinner. Tyler, man, I'll eat fucking anything. I'll eat crumbs off the floor at this moment. I'm starving over <laughs> here. Starving, I tell you. Did somebody get this man some gabagool? Yeah, get fucking gabagool <laughs> over here. <laughs> over here. I love that. Gabagool over here. That's my shit, man. You want to oh, take us out, Francis, with a great, yes, great yes. tagline? <laughs> yes, sir. Y'all already know. It's your boy, Francis Lee. Thanks for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, follow your boy. My son is in here. <laughs> follow <laughs> your boy. Uh, get the likes up. Don't don't all come now. I'm about to jump on. <laughs> Everybody about to jump get Francis. the likes. Get the likes up. Uh, <laughs> get my follows up. And stay tuned. Pete, got a crazy deadline special coming uh, for you guys. But y'all already know. Keep it locked and stay tuned. Because the next episode will, in fact, be the best episode. The next episode <laughs> is the best episode. You better believe it. You guys know we will never come whack on a designated spit sack. Until next time, the greatest Yankee podcast out there. I don't care what anybody says. I'll challenge anybody on that. Until yes, next sir. time, adios. We out.